Hello everyone and welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VJ Hemonk. Today, we will be covering the latest cell therapy developments for lymphoma from the ASH 2021 annual meeting. We will be hearing leading experts discussing results from the Alara and Belinda trials, the future role of CAR T-cell therapies in lymphoma, as well as the development of NK cell therapy. To begin, we have E. Lin from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, discussing findings from a real-world analysis of Brixie cell in patients with mantle cell lymphoma. So also very uh, exciting um, data that will be shared at ASH this year. We will be hearing for the first time real-world outcome on the use of Brexacel or Tocardis for mantle cell lymphoma. Dr. Yu Chai Wang from Mayo Clinic has worked with the U.S. Lymphoma CAR-T Symposium to report the largest series to date in the the real-world population, and this is 14 centers in the U.S. uh, that have all contributed to this case series. So we have um, 107 patients with mantle cell lymphoma who had cells collected for Tocardis, and 93 of these patients were infused, and so this is a, a larger series than the registration Zuma 2 study. And what we have seen is that close to three-quarter of these patients would not have met Zuma 2 eligibility criteria for various reasons, either prior treatment, comorbidity, disease involvement. However, overall, the safety signal is comparable to what we saw on Zuma 2, and the response rate is very encouraging and comparable at um, 67%. So I think this is very encouraging uh, data into early adoption of Brexacel into the clinical practice uh, in terms of the feasibility and the benefit that we could be seeing for our patients. Next up, we have Krish Patel from the Swedish Cancer Institute in Seattle, who talks about data from a phase one trial investigating FT516, an allergenic NK cell therapy in patients with relapsed refractory B-cell lymphomas. So this is a, um, a phase one uh, study of a natural killer cell therapy. It's an off-the-shelf allogeneic uh, natural killer cell therapy with a modified uh, CD16 receptor, which gives it a high affinity binding to antibodies. So we are looking at that therapy called FT516 in patients with relapsed and refractory B-cell lymphomas. Um, we'll be presenting the data um, at our poster session this evening, and we've treated uh, to date about 20 patients in the clinical trial. Uh, most of these patients are heavily pretreated, including several that are post-CAR T-cell therapy, and um, we're seeing a very interesting activity um, with responses in um, many different patient types, as well as a very differentiated safety profile, so we have not uh, to date seen any CRS or ICANs using a natural killer cell-based therapy um, as a cell therapy. Following on from Krish, we have Nathan Fowler from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center who will update us on the Phase 2 ELARA trial which assessed T-cell in patients with follicular lymphoma. 
So this ash, we uh, saw a couple really interesting updates in follicle lymphoma. Uh, one of those was the update of the ALARA trial. This is a uh, study, phase two study, looking at the use of tcgen like Lucil, which is a CAR T-cell product in patients with relapsed follicle lymphoma. And we looked at a couple different things. Uh, we looked at uh, looking at the efficacy in different subsets of patients that were treated with ALARA, patients that are POD24 or progressed early after frontline therapy, as well as patients that were refractory or had several different lines of treatment. And the good news is uh, that it appears to be benefit across several different types uh, or subsets of follicle lymphoma, and the progression-free survival looks very, very nice at 12 months. Uh, we also presented data on healthcare utilization uh, in patients that received ELARA uh, in the outpatient versus the inpatient setting. And the good news is that uh, most, or I should say many patients who initially received ELARA as an outpatient during the first infusion did not need to be readmitted. In fact, none of the patients who initially received ELARA as an outpatient, the, sorry, received TCGN like Lucil as an outpatient uh, had to be admitted to the ICU. And this is uh, versus around 10% who received it as inpatient. Uh, and this is very important, I think, because again, as we see some of these CAR T-cell products uh, enter into the market, some of them will be used uh, in the outpatient setting for patients that have fairly low risk disease. Now, with Michael Bishop from the University of Chicago, who will discuss results from the Phase 3 Belinda trial, which assessed T-cell in patients with aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma. I was honored to uh, represent my fellow investigators for the Belinda trial. Uh, so uh, Belinda is looking at patients with advanced uh, B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma who either failed to respond to first-line therapy or had progression or relapse of disease within 12 months of therapy. And for this patient population, uh, the outcomes are very, very poor. The standard of care in this situation would be second-line chemotherapy and if the patients had responsive disease move on to an autologous stem cell transplant. Unfortunately, less than 40% of patients will be found to have chemosensitive disease and make it to autologous stem cell transplantation. And even in that situation, the results are relatively poor. As such, novel treatments are needed for this uh, poor risk group of patients. In Belinda, um, we looked at the use of Tizagen Leclusol, which has been demonstrated to result in prolonged progression-free survival in more advanced uh, patients with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after who, who had progressed or failed to respond after at least two lines of therapy. And our hypothesis was that based upon those results, if we moved it up front, that it would result in improved outcomes for this high-risk group of patients who fail or progress early after first-line therapy. So the one arm was Tizagen Leclusol versus the standard of, standard of care. And this trial involved 322 patients who were randomized on a one-to-one -one basis, either to Tizagen Leclusol or the standard of care with the goal of autologous stem cell transplantation. Um, it, uh, 
involved both U.S. and non-U.S. sites. Matter of fact, approximately 30% of patients were treated in the U.S. and 70% were at international sites. Um, the primary endpoint was event-free survival as defined as the 12-week assessment mark. And the, the idea behind using a 12-week assessment was used based upon the CORAL trial, where patients on standard of care could go on to receive a second line of therapy or a third line of therapy if they didn't respond to second line of therapy. Unfortunately, and quite surprisingly to the investigators, event-free survival was equal between the two arms. As a matter of fact, median event-free survival was 3.0 months on both arms. Um, we looked at this as potentially attributable to a number of factors. Um, the most important might be that the time from, in, from randomization to the time of tizagenlaglusol infusion was 52 days. And this is really a long time in this very aggressive patient population. Um, and there was a number of explanations that could be given to that. Um, one of them is that we did allow multiple lines of chemotherapy as bridging therapy, which is different than some of the other trials that were presented here at ASH this year. Um, another significant difference was the, the dosing of the lymphodepleting chemotherapy. In the Belinda trial, cyclophosphamide was dosed at 900 milligrams per meter squared over three days and fludarabine 75 five milligrams per meter squared over three days. And in other trials, doses uh, on uh, level 1,500 milligrams per meter squared for cyclophosphamide and 90 milligrams of fludarabine um, per meter squared was, were used. And we actually think lymphodepleting chemotherapy is extremely important, probably and more importantly in this patient population, which hasn't seen a lot of chemo chemotherapy beforehand. Um, although the results were equivalent we hope that a, a number of the things that we looked at would be studied and can be used for future CAR T-cell trials. So for um, at least how we designed the, the Belinda trial, that, that T-cell is equivalent to the standard of care of, of second-line chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation, that infusion of cells as soon as possible is probably a key, pro, key factor in the success of this uh, treatment in this specific patient population and that we need to have better ways to get disease under control prior to uh, CAR T-cell infusion. Finally, we have Stephen Ansel from the Mayo Clinic who will give his thoughts on whether autologous stem cell transplantation still has a role in treating lymphoma with the emergence of CAR T-cell therapies. A very good question as to whether transplant is going away. And I think there are two kinds of transplants that most people are familiar with. In allogeneic transplant, I think cellular therapies, um, certainly uh, that is a cellular therapy that has been very effective. I think the key question is autologous transplant and its role, particularly as a number of uh, different trials were reported, are being reported here at the ASH meeting. So these are comparing autologous stem cell transplant in large cell lymphoma compared to CAR T-cell treatment. 
and I think uh, we have yet to kind of hear all of the data, but there is a developing consensus that CAR T-cell therapy looks very promising, uh, potentially even as a replacement for autologous stem cell transplant. Uh, two of the trials showed a very clear benefit for patients receiving CAR T-cell therapy instead of receiving an autologous transplant. One study did not. So that's why seeing the complete data, especially when it's presented and then published, will be important to be able to tell, is this true for everybody or are there subsets of patients who would still benefit from a transplant over CAR T-cell therapy? But I think at a high level, CAR T-cell therapy is moving up, as it were, in the uh, list of when treatments are given and uh, is now becoming a second line approach. Thank you to our speakers and to you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe on your favourite podcast app, including Apple, Podbean and Spotify, so we can continue to deliver our expert-led content directly to you. Follow us on Twitter at VJHemonk to join in the conversation and visit VJHemonk.com for the latest updates in the field.